2024. Uh, welcome to Adam and I, the only Golden Girls podcast you're ever going to need to listen to. I am H. Allen Scott slash Sadie Pines. Thank you very much. I'm Carrie Doherty. You're welcome. Following up oh. with B. Arthur's wildest talk show moments and Rue McClanahan's most revealing talk show moments, this week we are diving into Estelle Getty's sweetest talk show moments. Oh my God. Oh. And they are so sweet. These actually kind of made me sad. Yeah, I... I Not like in a sad, sad way, but in like a... She's so sweet, and I know that she was towards the end of her life, and like she's just so sweet, and I love her so much. It just it made me feel very nostalgic in an emotional way. I watching them, I just kept, and the reason I think we're calling these ones the sweetest talk show moments. She was such a humble person who, in yes. every single one of these talk show moments she's always just so excited to be there and can't believe it when she gets an applause it's it's as if even though she had all this fame from the golden girls and had done the golden pouts that she was still like mm-hmm. like couldn't believe it and just genuinely loved the adoration and she yeah. just i really wish I, I i i wish i knew her i wish she was in my life <laughs> i know well even in one clip i mean it really it was so sweet. I think it was the Rosie O'Donnell show, one of the Rosie O'Donnell show clips where she comes out and they're all like giving her a standing ovation or applauding or whatever. And she's just like standing there, like soaking it in. And it's just sort of like, oh, she loved this so much. Yeah, just like, oh, my gosh. Wow. It's, for me. Oh, my gosh. I can't like that kind of thing. Yeah. It's so, so sweet. Do you hear I'm here? I I have thunder outside my window right now. Do you have no, thunder I, happening in your part of town? No, I don't hear it if I do. Whoa, that's some loud thunder. I mean, the microphone probably won't pick it up, but it is rumbly. Is it? Is it your stomach? Are you hungry? No, it's not. It's definitely weather related. Is it gas from your Weight Watchers journey? This is three weeks in a row. We've referenced it now. I know I it, it really is. I love this. Can we just have, let's make sure we mention Weight Watchers in every episode? We need to get sponsored by Weight Watchers now. We should. Yeah, that should just like be a given. Before we get into Estelle's sweetest talk show moments, did I say sweetest or Swedish just now? I think you said sweetest. You didn't say Swedish. I thought I said Swedish. Something's happening in my brain. I can't quite figure it out. Sven. Swan. Swan. (laughs) Swan. Before we get into those moments, today in the GGVIP Club, you are getting a super fun all-new Rusty Anchor Happy Hour Because it is technically Super Bowl season, we will be watching and breaking down Betty White's infamous 2010 Super Bowl Snickers commercial. And how fun. Hey, Challen, I feel like you, I mean, do you feel like you're partly responsible for that in some way? Oh, yeah. I feel like I'm responsible for most things that happened in the Golden Girls universe, to be honest. I'm vain like that. But for real, though, because when I mentioned the commercial, Mm. you and, and sort of, that part of Betty White's life, you were like, I'm kind of involved in that. Remember, what did you say to me? Well, no, it wasn't so much that I'm involved, but that it was, it was a, well, I was involved because I was like an active member of the Facebook group that, that was like, get, get her on SNL. You know what I mean? And like posting clips and all of those things. And so I wouldn't say I'm, (laughs) I'm certainly not the person involved. I did not do that. Some other guy did that and he was fantastic at it. Um, But I was very vocal. In that it must happen, you Got know what I mean. It. And also, I, if I'm if I'm remembering correctly, that period in her life and that commercial is sort of what ignited a lot of that yes. stuff. You know, so yeah. that's what we'll be talking about the commercial, sort of that time in uh, Betty's life. I also have a friend who was in that commercial, so lots Ooh. of fun stuff. If you haven't yet joined the GGVIP Club, you can sign up at patreoncom Golden Girls Podcast. And yeah. if you subscribe to either one of our paid tiers, five dollars a month or eight dollars a month, you get tons of extra bonus content, and you're also mm-hmm. supporting the two of us and the work that we do. But you can also sign up for free because we have a bunch of fun stuff on there also for free subscribers again you can go to patreon.com slash golden girls podcast oh so much fun i mean last week we spoke we we spoke we spoke with um molly 
which was fantastic. I mean, there's so many different things. Now you can get that at the eight dollar tier, right? Yes, tier? yes, yes. Um, and and yeah, there's so much fun stuff on there. I also spoke last week and during the Rusty Anchor Happy Hour about. If I'm going to get back alley Botox, you can only hear that conversation there. Yeah. Um, we have a lot of sidebars. So we talk about. Yeah, it's we- kind of like the main podcast, but like on crack, but not really on crack. On wine. On wine. Are you, have you already started? You're drinking during the main, oh, girl, I see. Girl, I've had a day. I have had a day. It has been one of those days, nonstop activity day. Like last week, um, you had a day during yours where you were, you were like, I haven't sat down until this very moment. Right. Well, that's me today. I have not stopped until this very moment. And I've had this ring light on me all day because I feel like I've just been talking all day. All good things, all very good things, but you know. Still, do you a need a Ricola? No, I don't need a Ricola because I find that my voice is one of those things that the lo- the more I talk, the sexier I sound. Mm. Baby. You're like Ooh, that episode yeah. of Friends where Phoebe gets sick and all of a sudden she can sing. Well, you know what's weird about that? So I this past a uh, couple well a couple weekends ago now as of this recording, I had a lot to do over a weekend and lots of activity and lots of talking to people and seeing people and I performed and it was like a whole thing. And I remember I woke up on Sunday morning uh, for a party and my voice was just so so Beatha, you know what I mean? It was it was like Harvey Firestein slash B. Arthur. It was very much that, and I fucking loved it. I loved it. I loved that I sounded so raspy and so like gargly and stuff. There's just yeah. something about that that, or if you have like a little bit of like a like a tiny cough and you have that sort of like cough voice going on, that's also very sexy to me. Even though you're ill, it still is very sexy. I remember when I did. I think it was when I was covering maybe Sundance for IMDb, or maybe it was. Mm-hmm. Maybe it was Comic-Con. I can't remember. It was Comic-Con. That's right, because they were on the boat. And I had talked so much that by, like, day three, I was just, I was Kathleen Turner. And there are, I think, I forget what panel we were doing, but it's like, we all have the same register of voice. And I was just like, yeah, so, guys, this season on The Walking Dead, it's going to be, like, it was... My voice was so shot. It was, it sounded pretty wild. There is a video of Kathleen Turner on, I believe, CBS Mornings or Sunday or whatever it is. And she can hit the deep register for Old Man River. And she does it like during the interview. And it's the funniest thing because she's just in her chair and she's like, Yeah, I can do it. And it's a thing. And, And then she goes, Old Man River. And she just does it, and it is both comical and impressive. Is it? Was it like that episode where Dorothy's like, "You'll end up in jail"? <laughs> kind of a little bit, yes. It's also kind of like Dorothy doing um, uh, the the Mr. Sandman, and then going, "Yes," oh, you know. It's, it's like so great. Oh, I could what never, a good moment. I could what never do be Arthur's voice. A, oh really? Can you not go Girls. low? Well, I can't. I no. feel like I can't go as low as her. It always makes sense for it. at a table read do for it. a man to do ma. It just yeah. You it's have a it's high not. Voice. I have a higher voice. I feel like if we were to do a Golden Girls reading, I know there's that one listener who hates my voices, and I'm apologize. I'm not for do everyone. It. Do it. Piss them off. I think I truly think that I do a decent Blanche. You do a very good Blanche. I will say that. Do a Blanche now, please. Um. Okay, ready? Uh. Oh, how I do love the rain. <laughs> you do a great Blanche. Oh, no, Blanche. come on. And then you say, um, oh, wait, my first oh. kiss was in the rain. Oh, no, wait. Uh, oh, no. Oh, I messed it up. See, I'm telling you, there's something wrong with my brain today. No, it was in the shower. <laughs> eh. I'm off today. I'm just letting it's everybody okay. know I'm having an it's off okay. day. Forgive We're me. We're having a very emotional episode this episode with Estelle Giddy. I don't do impressions very well. I've never been one to be able to do impressions. I just, I, there was a time when I could get my voice up to the level of Marilyn Monroe. Ooh. And, and that I could do very well. But I can't. Now, I think after I don't smoke anymore, obviously, but like, not obviously, you don't know me. Um, well, you do, but others don't. Uh, I didn't but know I you don't, when you smoked. 
No, you didn't know me when I smoked. So it's been a long time. But because of the 10 years of smoking and just life in general, I cannot hit that high of a note. But also when we're recording, it's so funny because like, you know, I edit the podcast. So sorry if you had you hate it. Um, but like our levels are we're we're at the same level. Like I make sure that we're at the same level in terms of the audio board and everything. But because of your voice being as high as it is, just in your natural way that you talk, I have to raise my voice up. I'm well, a loud even person. Though, even also. though well, it's not so much you being loud, it's just the level of your voice. But it's really interesting when I see it. This is not interesting conversation for listeners. I'm sorry, guys. I'm going <laughs> technical podcast shit here now. But I'm always like, how can I make myself higher? And mm-hmm. I'm never quite as high as you go. I you reminded me of this is the last one I, I'll do, I promise. And they're all bad. My impressions are meant to make you all feel better about your impressions. Mm. I used to have a web series and they wanted me to do a fake SNL audition tape. And so I had to do impressions. And I was like, I don't want to do impressions of people that everybody does impressions of. I was like, I'm going to try to pick someone that I haven't seen anybody do an impression yet of. And so I picked Kristen Schaal. And now this was like uh, 2011, 2012. So maybe people have done Kristen Schaal impressions since then. But I remember saying... um, what was it? Uh, it was like something about her writing. Oh, oh shit! What was it? I had I had two llamas at my wedding, uh, which made me pretty happy. But um, yeah, I forget what it was. Um, oh my god, that's actually so good. I can't I can't remember what the rest of it was. Yeah, I just remember <sighs> I had two llamas at my wedding that it made me pretty happy. But um. I, I can't remember the rest of it. Oh, I'm so sorry. We should That's just take a break wild. and get into it. You don't have to. I mean, to. sure, it's but not, I actually not. enjoyed that a lot. It's so sweet. That's let's just break. take a break. That's Let's just take a break. Oh, that was the break. I was already on break. I wrote down the time. <laughs> <laughs> and we are back. I'm and for we are back. Are, for those who are still listening, <laughs> guys, um, we can. I can already tell based on our moods. Care this episode is going to be either really, really fun or insane. Yeah, it'll be one or the other. So, okay, with Estelle Getty's talk show moments, my favorite ones to watch were when she went on Rosie. They wrote, oh my God. The Rosie two loved her. of them, they adored each other so much. I literally, I you we will link to these in the show notes. We will post clips of them on our socials. Be sure to follow us because I, wa- I just wanted to play the whole entire segment and just be like, let's just all just listen to this because the two of them, how sweet they are with each other, how oh. much they adore and respect mm. each other. And I just love Rosie also, so much. Also, the way Rosie, and this is something, I mean, I, I I follow Rosie on all the things. Everyone knows I love Rosie. And there was a period there when she first started TikTok where she befriended her neighbor who was like an elderly woman and they would just do TikToks together. And what I love about Rosie is it was never about vanity. It was never about being friends with the coolest person. It was never about anything. It was just her enjoying people and respecting legends and being a fan and that's just what she was and you feel that with Estelle Getty that she has immense respect for her she has immense respect for where she came from and how she got on the Golden Girls I'm speaking Mm -hmm. of Torch Song Trilogy and she has respect for her as just an elderly person who gave a lot to entertainment yeah it's yes absolutely and so this we have two Rosie appearances that we're going to play. We had to start with the Rosie ones. The yeah. first one's from 1996. So Golden Girls, Golden Palace, they're they're over. Empty Nest even ended a year before. You know, at this point, Estelle had maybe done a few TV guest star appearances, but she wasn't really, mm-hmm. you know, doing a ton. She was there promoting one of her workout tapes, which I love. When Estelle comes out, Rosie like gets up, like stands from her desk, leans way over, gives her a kiss, which is, you know, because I feel like so many talk show hosts, they never get out from behind the desk. Like the late nighters, yeah. they just kind of, hi, hi. Yeah. Rosie tells Estelle, and I didn't know this about Estelle Getty, but I guess there was a, some kind of poll taken with a bunch mm-hmm. of Americans about 
different TV show, like sitcom characters. And out of all of them, Sophia Petrillo was voted TV's number one most liked character of all time. Well, duh. Her face lit up when she told her that. I loved it. I love that. I loved it. I loved when she talked about her husband. She sort of jokes, oh my gosh, the story she tells about her mother in law. You guys have to watch this clip. But she talks about, I guess I also didn't know her and her husband, um, Arthur, had a long distance relationship because he lived in Florida. She lived in Los Angeles. She's like, big phone bills is what she says. But they never, she said, we don't fight over the phone, only in person. She also said that she based Sophia on two people in her life. Uh, the mother and one was there. Yeah, the mother of her best friend, Rhoda. Of course, her name is Rhoda. And she's yeah. in the audience. And then the grandmother of another friend of hers. And then she has, and this is a moment we're going to play, a really sweet anecdote about why Sophia was always carrying her purse. Yeah. The, everybody keeps asking about the purse. Yeah, the purse. Everybody purse. wants to know what Do was you know in that why? purse. No, it's, it's not what's in it. Because when people get old and they're dis- displaced from their homes and they have to go live someplace else, they have what they keep in their purse is most important things in their lives. And putting down the purse is like putting down your life. Mm-hmm. After a while, everybody got used to the purse. Now, uh, now I have it. And whoever wants it is going to have to pay heavy money for it. <laughs> She's so funny. You know what I love about Rosie during these interviews, too, is that you know, and you saw it also, I think, a little bit with B. Arthur and some other uh, some other sort of like older actors who stopped by the Rosie O'Donnell show in that Rosie, unlike Pat Sajak from the Rue McClanahan interview that we saw last week or two weeks ago or whenever it was, um, Rosie helps the guest along, reminds the guest of stuff. And she makes sure that the guest is never out on a limb, is never lost in a story is never alone in the journey of this interview she's there with them she's helping them and it's it's just so goddamn respectful Mm -hmm. and it's like just nice it's just a good person being good and it yeah you don't see a lot of that on television no that's a really great way to describe it you're right she's helping her along she's supporting her She's mm-hmm. there for her. You're right. It is the opposite. She's not trying to get a viral clip. No. Nope. She's not trying to play a fucking game. Mm-mm. She's not trying to do anything with her other than be like, everyone respect this woman, and I'm going to make sure this woman leaves happy. Yeah. Isn't that so nice? She just wants- So yeah, fucking she, nice. She wants, she wants her audience to be happy. She wants her guests to be happy. You're yeah. right. That's such a, yeah, that's such a great observation about Rosie. I also love that little character tidbit about Sophia, mm-hmm. because when you think about it, Sophia is not living in her home. She's living in Blanche's home. It's not yeah. her furniture because everything she holds dear is in that purse. And yeah. I mean, also the, you know, the silverware from the Maltese Falcon Club. But well, yeah. And the bag of money from Social Security. Yeah, yeah of course. Well, she gave that back. <laughs> so we we didn't see her do it. Yeah. No, you're right. You know what? I bet I bet she did keep a little bit. Estelle also told Rosie a cute story about, it's interesting, she says, not her favorite guest star on The Golden Girls, but the one who was the most important to her. And we're going to talk about that in a second, but let's play that clip. You had so many um, great guest stars on the show. Who was your favorite to work with? Not so much my favorite, but the one that was most important was Mickey Rooney. Oh, Mickey Rooney. When I was a kid and I used to go to see Mickey Rooney, and Judy Garland, I used to think to myself, if I went out to Hollywood and Mickey Rooney fell in love with me and we got married, we'd be the biggest, shortest stars in the world. <laughs> and I decided to tell him this story, though he was not easy to talk to. I told him the story and he looked at me and he looked at me and he said, so you're the one I missed? <laughs> yeah, I've, yeah, there's a, it's, it's like a widely known thing that Mickey Rooney was actually a dick. Yeah. <laughs> like an asshole of a person who was just sort of a monster on set. And I feel like Estelle kind of referenced that a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, she says, you know, he's, she not, says my he's favorite. not easy to talk to, <laughs> not my favorite. But again, I think it sort of goes to this aspect of Estelle, which is so sweet, which is, this was such a big dream. And even even th- these many seasons into the Golden Girls when Mickey Rooney showed up, there was still that element of, oh, my gosh, I used to watch you. Yeah. And now you're here with me. It feels yeah. like 
it feels like what Katie Holmes once said. Again, I'm so glad she's not with Tom Cruise anymore. But what she once said was like, I used to have posters of you on my wall. What? Like, you know, it's yeah. sort of like that sentiment of, wow, you're someone who I aspired to be. Or I thought like in my wildest dreams, I could never work with that person. And then here she was working with them, you know, even though he wasn't easy to talk to. Yeah. So it didn't matter. It wouldn't matter, though, in a weird it, it sense. Didn't it's like, it didn't matter. It didn't matter. It didn't matter. Because like, so in, a we- in a weird way, it's kind of like Estelle had the upper hand in that situation because she was kind of the bigger star and she was it, he was on her show and it was her storyline that he was a part of. And it was I mean, if you think about it, be a dick, dude. Everyone's going to remember Sophia. You go home. You go home next week. Yeah. 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 That's a good way of looking at it. And also, you know, here we are, how many years later on a podcast talking Mm -hmm. about these things stick around. People talk, you know, when you have a reputation. But when you're nice. When you're a good person, people talk about that, too. And when you're a jet, you're a jet all the way. From your first cigarette to your last dying day. Puerto Rico. All right. So that's it for that uh, Rosie appearance. <laughs> she Her second appearance, this is now, it's 1997. One year later, um, Estelle is still retired. <laughs> she says she's retired. She, I think in the last one, I don't, I don't think we played the segment, but... Um, she said that she's retired, but she comes in and out of retirement every once in a while to do things. But yeah. these days she's spending her time doing benefits, going to parties. I, this, I really want, this was the my favorite interview out of all of them. It was like watching yeah. two friends hang out. I, it, yeah. I, I was watching this one and I wrote in my notes, I want, I, they need a show together. Yeah. This is also the appearance where Estelle is a blonde. Yeah. I think this is the only time I've seen her with blonde hair like that. I think you're right. I don't think I have either. It is interesting. I mean, it's hard to, at this point in Estelle's life, to not listen to her and look at her and think of her, the disease that took over, you know, her last years of her life. Well, this and this was 1997, I believe. I know. Totally. I get yeah. that. But it was, long, it was long before she officially came out yeah. with anything. But... You can't even even like the girls talked about it in the last days of the series, even and her memory problems and everything. And so I feel like for a lot of people watching these clips, it was there is that element in my head that I kept thinking about that and like thinking about how, you know, slow she is to respond to something or, you know, the joke, the punchlines a second, a few seconds later, all those things. And it doesn't take away from the joy of the interview and the joy of the chat at all or the experience at all and watching it. But I feel like. I wanted to like vocalize that because I feel like a lot of people listening to this and watching these clips will have that in their mind. They will think about that. And it's something you can't really not. And I think that's okay because people age, they get diseases, things happen and it doesn't take away from the moments and the joy that they had in these, in their last days. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's interesting that that was kind of your perspective because there, there is a difference between like, this interview, even the last one, and then 10 mm-hmm. years earlier when she's on Joan Rivers. There's definitely... It's very different. It's different, but I sort of took it as... Uh, I I interpreted her tone, her vibe, everything about her as someone who's just been working for so many years, decades of her life, mm-hmm. who's finally just taking a break and kind of slowing down a little bit and is more relaxed. Yeah. That's just sort of how I took it, but I would be curious to know how other people Mm. what other people think about kind of her vibe and her tone i so this is this is the interview where she gets she gets a standing ovation from the audience when she comes out looking so thrilled surprised she's so she has a little step stool yeah they give her a little apple box to put her feet up on when she sits in the chair i love it i just want to i want to play the first minute of their conversation because again it's just like it's like you and me two friends just hanging out chatting yeah I'm just fine. I'm sorry to hear that you're not doing so well, but you look great. Do I? And the magic of makeup. You look great. Now, Estelle, have you ever had the food poisoning? Once. Yeah. It's not something that people have very often, you know. What's you're supposed to know what you're eating. <laughs> you're a grown-up person. Yeah. Once you have cornflakes in milk, you won't get food poisoning from cornflakes in milk. Cornflakes in milk. Sure. That's what I'll have from now on, damn it. 
that steak, I looked at it too, Estelle, and I thought to myself, something ain't right. But did that stop me? No. I'm proud of you. Thank you very much. Thank you. I knew you would be. <laughs> I'm proud of you. It wouldn't stop me either. Uh, it really wouldn't stop me either. I would go for the steak still. I, I wouldn't. If anything's questionable, wouldn't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I always, I'm always just like, you know what? If it happens, it happens. Let's go. I want this experience. Yeah, but Estella's right though. If you just eat cornflakes and milk, you probably won't get food poisoning. That's a safe bet. You know what I've been, I've been having for lunch lately scrambled eggs and toast, like every day for lunch, and it's been delicious. Well, you know, eggs are zero points on Weight Watchers. Not the way I make them. Well, well, what do you put in them? <laughs> are they just eggs? Well, I make them like Julia Child taught me to make them. So there's a little butter. bit. I put margarine, yeah. but there's a little bit of, you know, of, of a butter situation mm-hmm. in there. And then just salt and pepper and stuff. But then there's a heavy, a heavy whisk. Because with eggs, you have to have, first you have to have it in a cast iron skillet. Yes. And you have to make the whisk. And you have to keep doing it because then the curl What do you mean make the whisk? You have to like make, you have to like keep, you have to keep it up. You have to keep, keep like, you up can't with the stop. whisking. Yes. Yeah. You can't stop with the whisking. There's no like walking away from scrambled eggs. No. And it is, it's kind of become also a little bit of my workout. Sure. Yeah. Sure. I mean, yeah. I've also, <laughs> Im- speaking of Weight Watchers, I've also implemented 15 minutes of dancing each day and it's I delightful. Love I love that. I put on, I put on these headphones, these Bose sound can like noise canceling headphones. Yeah. I put on nice, happy music. I, I, I put on the kettle to make the tea. And while the kettle's doing a thing, I just kind of dance around. And it's delightful. I like that. Do you dance around to murder on the dance floor? I have, yes. Today I was dancing around to Bleachers, the band. Um, yeah, it's just it's just a different stuff every day. But it's delightful. And I see my neighbors across the way see me. And I'm just like, you're welcome. Yeah, you're welcome. You're getting this for free. For free. In my pajamas. Oh, that's nice. I like that you have, yeah. uh, you take some time to to dance and it's enjoy yourself. 15 minute dance party every day. It will bring you immense joy. I highly recommend it. That's great. We do dance parties with little Oreo at night. She likes to listen to um, Mr. Blue Sky by Electric Light Orchestra. I don't know that, but I will listen to it. It's a great song. It's real good because she loves Baby Groot, and it's the song that plays at the beginning of Guardians of the Galaxy Two. Where kids Baby Groot love is that little Groot. Yeah, Baby Groot's really cute. Just like Estelle Getty, I got us back on track. A tiny <gasps> oh, little adorable person that says, "I am look Groot." At you. So okay, I am Groot. <laughs> yes, but then it's I am Groot when he's a little baby. By the way, I remembered the rest of my Kristen Shaw thing, and I'm going to say it oh. once, and then I'm going to get us back on track. I'm not the one doing it today. I'm the one doing it today. Only because I remember it. I don't want to show you my brain is not broken. I had two llamas at my wedding that made me pretty happy. A couple of camels showed up and I was like, back off. That was my Kristen Shaw. Worth it. You know what? It was worth it for me. I don't give a shit if anybody else liked it. Or if it it did blow out your eardrums, I apologize. Yeah, that's true. That one was for me. I was getting really worried about my mind for a second. That one was for me. So then Estelle, oh, in such a sweet moment, she says she's Rosie's number one fan. Rosie says that she's Estelle's number one fan. And it's not bullshit because Rosie's like, yeah, a couple days earlier, I'm just taping the show and I look up and there's Estelle in the audience. Like Rosie had no idea that Estelle was coming to a taping. She's like, I look up and there she is, Estelle Getty in my audience. And Estelle says, and we're going to play this story in a second because it's, I loved this story. Estelle is such a big fan of the show that no one's allowed to call her during Rosie, but also during Jeopardy and Wheel of Fortune. Oh, which I feel like that was the same with B. Arthur. I think it was that like you couldn't call during Jeopardy. I can't remember if Marsha Posner Williams told us that or if B. Arthur said it in her Academy interview, but her TV Academy interview. Anyway, so Estelle tells this really great story about how she almost missed the show and she wanted to watch it. So she had to kind of improvise. And it's a really cute story. Actually, wasn't what happened was that I knew we were going to miss you. We were out shopping, my uh, assistant and I, and I said, we're not going to get back in time to see uh, Rosie. And he said, well, what should we do? And I said, I don't know, but I'm not going to miss it. And we're in the middle of nowhere. So we ride into a mall, and there's a good guys. 
this is true. This is true. <laughs> so we go into Good Guys, and I went to the department where they sell big television sets. And I said, I'm looking for a big television set. <laughs> and he said, my name is Jim. I'll be happy to help you. I said, OK, just give me, give me some time to like, look around and see what I want. He said, OK. And he started to walk away. I said, just a minute. Could you turn this to channel four? <laughs> just one, just, just one. And he said, well, they'll all go on channel four. I said, oh, that's OK. <laughs> so he turned it out to channel four, and there, there was a show. And every few minutes, somebody came over and asked to help me. And I said, no, I'm being helped by Jim. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I kind of miss the days of numbered television channels. Mm -hmm. I don't, because I... I have YouTube TV now and I feel like so many people either don't have cable or they have streaming or something and that you don't have the numbered channels as like when I was a kid in NBC well Rosie was on ABC I believe um or in my in my hometown uh I think they were syndicated so it was different everywhere but um in my hometown channel five was nbc and they would do this thing as a promotion if you're watching on the patreon you can see what i'm doing but basically uh they would have channel five so they would put every they'd have a, a running thing where people in st louis would just randomly do this and they have the number five they put their hand out with the five and then they'd go one so like channel five is number one and it was this ongoing thing so like in st louis if you go literally i bet to this day if you go up to someone and you go people will know exactly what you're referring to. That's that's so funny. That's such a weird little small town thing. Just it, it, five. But it's, it's, but, what's so, but it's like irrelevant today because like what, you don't think of the channel number. What does it mean number. for it to be channel five? I know. Yeah, I it know. doesn't mean anything anymore, which mm -hmm. is it used to. And I mean, I as a kid, I distinctly remember there was channel two, channel four, channel five, channel 12, channel 30, channel 11, channel 30, excuse me. Yeah. And those are the channels. Yeah. I remember the channels too. I know. Yeah, I know. There's so wild. many things that I miss. There are so many yeah. things that I miss about. Yeah. There's just, there's too much stuff. There's too much stuff. There really is too much stuff. Mm -hmm. And we're contributing to it with a podcast and a Patreon. Yes. And an Instagram we're, we're contributing and to all this stuff. <laughs> I, I love, I love that story so much. It felt like a stand-up bit. And yes. Estelle used to do stand-up back in the well, day. She said so when New York was a prairie town is when she used well, to I, do it. <laughs> we have that clip coming up. We should take a break right now, but we have that clip coming up. And you had me cut it off at a certain point, And I was like, nope, she's talking about stand-up. We're playing the whole clip. Whole Yay! Clip. I'm always too worried yep. that the clips will be long. So I'm glad you made it longer. I with this one. Whole thing. All right. Well, let's take a break and we'll come back for Estelle on The Joan Rivers Show. And we are back with Estelle Getty's sweetest talk show moments. This one is from 1986, The Joan Rivers Show. So this is now, you know, 10 years before Rosie. The Golden Girls is one year in. Estelle is, she's definitely more energetic in these clips. I think mm -hmm. she's got that kind of high of like, I am on a hit show. Yeah. And I mean, she's wearing this gorgeous blue dress. It was, it reminds me of something gorgeous. Rose would wear. We'll definitely play a clip from yeah. it. It Gorgeous, gorgeous blue dress. And, and I think I was actually... Wait, was I able to find? Oh, there was only like a minute or so of the interview um, yeah, available. There, wasn't much. there isn't a lot, but I guess we'll. It sounds like we're probably going to play almost the whole thing of it, right? Yep. Mm -hmm. Every single bit. Should I play it right yes, now? Yes, let's play it. I have a lot of trouble getting clothes, and some clothes I have made up. Now that I'm on Golden Girls, they make a lot of stuff for me. And can you keep it? No. Some of some of the things I can't. Oh, they should let you keep yeah. it. You're a success. I just want to say, I just want to say, has this been a year for women? There's Lily, Oprah, you with your own, uh, Whoopi Goldberg, and the Golden Girls all in one year. Isn't that great? Yeah. And tomorrow night we have the president of now coming on. Oh, really? Isn't that exciting? That's terrific. Are you a feminist? Yes, I am. Yes, yeah, I am. Yes, yeah, so am I. So we all. That's a, we better be. <laughs> but you can have everything. You can be married and have your children, have your career, or not have your career. I guess I was a feminist before it was fashionable because yeah. that's what I did. Yeah. But I, yeah, I, I had a home and kids and a career and worked at an office and you know I just did it all. You were also a stand-up comedian. Someone told me it's interesting that you mentioned 
Jean uh, Carroll, because I stole from Jean Carroll too. I was the worst stand-up comedian. I, I was awful, but I never worked big places like you did. Well, I was before you. So when no was, one was before me, Estelle. I'm sorry, <laughs> Moses. Was was writing my my jokes on his tablets. I mean, it's, 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 <laughs> when I was doing it, New York was a prairie. I, mean, it was like... I love them. I just love that back I and would forth. Love to see Estelle Getty do stand up. Yeah, I mean, I feel like we just did with that Rosie story. She has. I mean, yeah, sure. It's like a it's a New Yorker bada boom mm-hmm. jing sort of style of telling jokes. But oh god, I would have killed. It would. I would have loved it. Well, it's funny because a year later, Estelle actually guest hosted for Joan and Lainey Kazan was on. And what Love you... Lainey Kazan. Yes. Yes. Bunt. So Bunt. Bunt. What do you, what what do you what do you know? Like what's your sort of like, oh, this is what I know Lainey Kazan from from like my childhood? Oh my God. Well, I know her from Beaches. That's where I first oh knew her from, God, but she's right. done so much stuff. But her, when I first, I, I, I interviewed Nia Verdalis a while ago, and we'd be, well, actually an hour before the strike. We got it in an hour before the strike, which wow. is insane, just so that she could promote my Big Fat Greek Wedding 3. Right. And um, so we started chatting then, and we started chatting about how much we love her and um, how much I love Nia Verdalis. And so we've kind of become friends. We hung out at Sia's place this Sunday. And uh, you got, she's you got, cool. I know I have to. I have to. I have to. I had to name drop that. I had to because we both were like, "Why are we at Sia's?" Um, but she would talk about Lainey Kazan and how mu- how fun Lainey Kazan is, and how and how I, when I first saw my Big Fat Greek Wedding, I loved Nia Verdalis in it so much. But it was it was the the her mother and it was her aunt. Those two characters that were like core to why I loved my Big Fat Greek Wedding. And yeah. so Lainey Kazan can do no wrong. I don't care if she's like a tax evasion person or whatever. I don't care about any of that. Let her steal things. I don't give up. And she had one great episode of of um, Will and Grace where Karen and her have a thing about taking prescription drugs or something. And then Lainey is having an affair with her super and she's proud of it. And she's like, that's why I got the drugs because I hurt my back because I was having so much. I was making love with the super while when her husband's in the living room. Such a funny episode. It's a Thanksgiving episode. I think season three or something. You have to watch it. I Am I wrong? To, does she also play Joey's mom on Friends? Uh, maybe, maybe. I only re- no, 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 no. She does not. No. You know who does play Joey's mom? Oh wait, oh, is that Joey's? Wait, is that is the it girlfriend? Big Sally, who plays? Hold on. No, not Big Sally. It was Rose's daughter plays either. Joe, I, no, oh no. yeah, that's right. No, Big Brenda Sally Vaccaro. plays her mom. Yes, but you, but you know who? Brenda yeah, Vaccaro. Brenda Vaccaro plays plays his mom. But you know who plays his dad's girlfriend? I think is Rose's daughter from like the last season when she fell. She fell down at the high school reunion. Whoa! Wait, really? Yeah, I think she plays. She's a pretty famous character actress. She's been in a lot of things. You'll recognize her. And I think she plays. His girlfriend, his dad's girlfriend, if I remember correctly. Ronnie. Oh, I can't figure it out. Oh, there's so much stuff here. Here, you talk and I'll figure it out. I know exactly where to go. Okay, you figure it out. That was, wow. I feel like I took us down that one tangent. Okay. It's fine. I got you. So there's a... um, there's a really great moment where she's guest hosting. Lainey Kazan comes out. She's wearing the most gorgeous red dress and has fabulous cleavage. And the audience, they're giggling like a bunch of little middle schoolers. And Lainey's trying to tell a story. And she's like, why are they laughing? And without skipping a beat, Estelle's like, I wouldn't be laughing if they were on me. <laughs> <laughs> and it was so, so funny. Um so let's see. Okay, so I guess that was yeah, that was it for Joan. I really wish that they had a longer clip than that. But the yeah. next thing that we have for Estelle, this is a it's a sit-down interview that she did in 1992. Golden Girls was ending, and I think she was there maybe promoting Stop or My Mom Will Shoot, which we covered oh, wow. on one of our first Beyond Golden Girls episodes. The mm-hmm. audio on this clip isn't super great, so I only pulled one moment, but I thought it was really, I just thought it was a really great illustration of Estelle's character. And which I also, to go back to the Joan Rivers clip, I love that she's like, yeah, I'm a feminist. Look at women are having such a great year. Because if you remember, 
when it came to B. Arthur and Maud, and not to like put B. Arthur down, but when people would ask B. Arthur if she was anything like Maud, she'd say, well, you know, Maud is, you know, six feet tall and has a deep voice and I'm six feet tall and I have a deep voice and that's where it ends. And everybody kind of yeah. laughs because she makes a joke out of it. But, you know, B. Arthur, I think we've talked about, was not a feminist and and wouldn't call herself a feminist. And, and that's always been so yeah. jarring to me because of the characters that she's played. So... I will I say that here for a second. Yes, of course. Break, did we figure uh, out Lainey Kazan? I did. What's happening? Okay. Well, not Lainey Kazan, but I figured out Rose's daughter. Breaking news. So the actress, Lee Garlington, she played Kristen in the Home Again Rose part two episode where they freeze their heads. Um, and so she played Kristen in that episode. Wait, Kirsten? Kirsten. Yes. Excuse me. Um, and on Friends, Lee Garlington played Joey Tribbiani's father's mistress. Ronnie. Uh, Ronnie. Rapiano or Raplano or whatever. Um, yeah. All right. Well, well done. Lee Garlington. And she's been in so many things. Look her up, guys. I mean, she is one. She's been in Will and Grace, The West Wing, like CSI, Home Improvement, Roseanne. Oh, yeah. I remember that episode of Roseanne. Get a Life, like Buffy the Vampire Slayer. She's been in everything. All right. Well, thank you for looking that up. Yeah, so welcome. in this uh, 1992 interview, the host asked Estelle Getty, is it true that there are certain things you won't let Sophia say on the Golden Girls? So let's play that moment. That's right. I have a thing about gratuitous pain. I have a thing about using humor to really hurt. Uh, why would you make fun of somebody who's fat or who's cross-eyed or who's bald? And uh, I won't do gay bashing jokes. I remember once they wanted me to do a line about, uh, and my husband, the, the, the end of the tagline was, and my husband said, you do that and I'll beat the hell out of you. And I said, I won't do that line. I don't make jokes about beating. They said, oh, it's just, I said, I won't do it. Kind of, kind of bittersweet knowing that this is the final season. Well, it doesn't mean that we're not going to go on. Mm -hmm. It's the final season of Golden Girls as we know it now. There's a possi possibility, probability, what, what have you, that it will go on in a different format. I don't really know this for a fact. I'm, I'm just throwing this out. <laughs> well, yeah, I understand they're developing something for the four of you. Yeah. Not the four of them. The three of yeah. So yeah, that's interesting. I think, I think that Estelle My knew. My eyebrows are great here. I shouldn't get that back alley Botox because of it. Estelle's so. eyebrows are great. No, my eyebrows. Oh, are your great, eyebrows so. are great. Yeah. Sorry, I was just looking at myself in the. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Oh my god, that made, that's so funny. Oh, never change. So. I think what had happened in that moment is that I think Estelle knew Golden Palace was in development, but as soon as she mentioned it, she kind of backpedaled she she and she was have, like, yeah. I mean, I, I don't know for sure. They, they talk about things, uh, you know, but I'm sure. There is nothing funnier than when a celebrity says something they shouldn't. Tom Holland did that with like Spider-Man or Marvel movies or something where he would, re in interviews, he was just stupid and would oh, release information he shouldn't. I do remember he that. Shouldn't. He would get in trouble because yeah. he would say stuff he wasn't supposed to. Yeah. It's so fun. It's so funny. Those things are so, um, yeah, they're like so secretive and you can get in so much trouble. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, it, and it is interesting that she's, that they, it sounds like what the rumors were is that there was going to be a, a spinoff with the four yeah. of them, you know, like the mm -hmm. woman says, of course, not knowing that the reason the Golden Girls was ending was because B. Arthur was done and that the spinoff was going to be the other women. And I'm sure also that, you know, Susan Harris wanted to lock those women in because coming off of such a big sitcom you know, who knows what the job offers would have been like for yeah. Rue and Betty and Estelle so mm -hmm. she probably did have that as soon as B was like thinking of leaving. I bet Susan Harris started thinking like years earlier, how can I keep yeah. the success of this going to keep these women locked in? Yeah. So, so yeah, those are all, all the Estelle interviews. Sadly, there aren't as many interviews. She had I mean, a shorter time frame than yeah, the other women. Yeah. You know? I mean, the other women were certainly more established. I mean, when we do Betty White, that's going to be an impossible episode because there are so many options for mm -hmm. her for talk shows that go back 
50 years, 60 years. You I know. know. It's, it's going to be, that's the big one. We're we're saving Betty White. But Should we do a two-parter for that one? We may Maybe. have to do a two-parter. I also think, you know, their intimate portraits are around. <sighs> those I Wait, didn't did you pull ever, from. I wanted to save those. Did you ever watch those. the intimate portraits? I believe did I did. I think it's been a while, God, but I've I seen them. I fucking loved yeah. te- Lifetime Television for Women, mid-90s to mid-aughts, was prime gay television it was it was every single like like you know craft shop that you would go to with like flowers and shit i mean it just it was a perfect moment in american television that era it was also the era of any day now do you remember that show with annie potts no but i love annie potts you would love that show it's so good I love that show. It sounds like that was your golden takeaway, but you didn't save it for your golden takeaway, so now you're going to need a new one. Don't worry. I never have a problem having a golden takeaway. All right. Well, let's take a break and come back with our golden takeaways for Estelle Getty's sweetest talk show moments. Mm-hmm. And we are back with our golden takeaway, which is a nugget, a nugget of truth or inspiration. I love nuggets that you can apply to your life or the lives of your listeners. I'm more of a chicken strip person, though. Um, Carrie, what's your golden takeaway from this episode? Well, I I love nuggets. That's not my takeaway. Do you, do you prefer nuggets over chicken strips? Well, I, are you stripped or nugget? I think I, mm, I think I prefer nugget. But I make nuggets I for little Oreo, and if she doesn't mm. finish them, then I get to eat them. So well, sometimes are they I, dinosaur ones? Are yeah, they dinosaur? we get dino nuggies. <gasps> ah, of course you do. Name brand or off? I don't know. Probably name. I don't know. It's not not. I don't think it's the Tyson ones. Those ones I think were like oh. recalled. Oh, they were. Yeah, for mm. yeah, salmonella or no? It was like bits of metal. I don't know. They were just recalled. in the nugget. I don't know. It was part of like the packaging thing i don't know i don't remember okay anyway my golden takeaway is that i like to imagine that in some other universe in a parallel universe somewhere rosie o'donnell and estelle getty had a daytime talk show together oh where they would bake and do arts and crafts and maybe sing decoupage macrame a lot of fun things, macaroni yeah. necklaces, tissue box holders, and and it was it would just be the two of them, and every day they would you know make a really cool cocktail, and just mm-hmm. hang out and chat, and maybe have a guest drop by, but probably not because the two of them were just fabulous. I would tape every single episode of that show mm-hmm. on the television mm-hmm. and rewatch it. So somewhere I hope that that exists in another universe. I love that. What's That's your, perfect. What's your golden takeaway? My golden takeaway is a two-parter. Um, first part involves chicken strips because I brought it up and I have to finish this thought process now. I feel very strongly about chicken strips. I love chicken strips. I'm a five-year-old child when it comes to chicken strips, but I don't just eat any chicken strips. When you say chicken strips, people often immediately go to Raisin Cane's because that is what they do is just chicken strips. It's just chicken strips. I actually think I'll eat Raisin Cane's. Don't get me wrong. But I don't think it's I don't think they're the best chicken strips that you can get in a fast food situation. The dipping sauce is delightful, but the fry is not strong enough because oftentimes when you're eating it, the skin comes off with it and it just makes the whole experience not really enjoyable. So then you're thinking Popeye's chicken strips, delicious also, but not enough meat mm. in the chicken strip. So is it you're, too much you're, breading? You're, there's too much breading. It's like there's just too the taste is delicious, but there's just not enough meat. So it comes down to, and I've, I've done a lot of hard work in discovering where the best chicken strips come from, and I've decided that there are two spots that you can go to. The first, and this is the second best, not the first best. The first is uh, uh, Jack in the Box. Jack in the Box has delicious chicken strips that are meaty but perfectly fried, not quite the type that you would get. Like, you know how a lot of places just serve frozen chicken strips that they just, like, drop in a thing and whatever. No, these feel these feel good. Uh, but you have lots of sauce options there, which is like really what mm-hmm. makes Jack in the Box the chicken strip, like capital destination. What's your I think sauce? It's more, Let me just ask you, what's your sauce? I usually go between. See, I change it up a lot, but I often go between. Um, I love a ranch. I love a ranch, like a buttermilk ranch dipping. But I also love a honey mustard. I love a honey mustard with a with a chicken mm-hmm. strip. I don't go into the I don't go into the dark tone sauces. The 
the barbecues, the ketchups. I don't do that. You ever do honey? I have done honey. I don't enjoy it as much. I need, there needs to be a cream element to it. Mm -hmm. Something to make it, I don't know, elevated. But the number one place that you can get chicken strips in the United States of America is Carl's Jr. and or Hardee's, depending upon where you are in the country, because they're the same restaurant, but they're named different things. Carl's Jr. chicken strips are perfectly breaded, perfectly fried, and have a perfect amount of meat. Now, they lack in sauce options, but it's worth it for the strip. Wow. Thank you. I was not prepared to have such an in-depth talk about chicken strips today. That's my first golden takeaway. My second golden takeaway is one of the things that watching Estelle Getty on talk shows made me realize that I need in my life, my life, and I talked about this a little bit last week. I don't know if it was on the Rusty Anchor Happy Hour or the main episode. Who knows? They all blend together at this point. But um, I need a chair, an oversized chair, a very large one, so that I look like Estelle Getty on a regular size chair. I want, I want to just sit in a chair and be like, I'm so small. And to have look like your me. feet just kind of dangling. I'm just, I'm just dangling and I'm so small. I mean, I have so much room on both sides of me. Do you want to come sit with me? Come sit with me. That's what I want. I've never been able to say to someone, come sit with me. <laughs> and I want that. And Estelle Getty has, watching her on these talk shows has confirmed that I just want to be a tiny person in a really big chair. I bet Michael could build that. He probably could. I feel like I feel like it's destined to happen in a live show someday with Sadie where I just come out. Also, it's kind of a little bit like that Lily Tomlin character, the little girl character. Yeah. I forget the name now. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like that a little bit. But I just want to be beautiful sitting in a really big chair and then tell someone, you want to come sit with me? And then not let them sit with me because they'll ruin my look. Of course. Well, yeah. I mean, if there are any listeners out there who are in possession of or know how to build a really big chair and have the space oh, yeah. to fit it, yeah, you know, you could always just go by for a visit and sit in the chair. That's true. I mean, because I would not be able to get that chair through my door because I'm so big that the chair is going to have to be big. Well, you'd have to construct it inside. Yes. Yeah. Yes, that's true. Yeah. That's true. So that's my golden takeaway. Awesome. Well, yeah. <laughs> this has been an episode of Out on the Lanai, as promised. <laughs> and remember, if you would like to join our Patreon, you can go to patreon.com slash golden girls podcast. That is the GG VIP club where you can sign up for free to get um, access to a collection of golden girls must haves, things that we love from Etsy, from Amazon, from artists and all that great stuff. And if you subscribe to one of the paid tiers, you get tons of free bonus content you get the rusty anchor happy hour every week you get bonus interviews with golden girls writers and cast members and all sorts of great stuff and if you have a moment and you want to leave us a rating review of the podcast that would be great i jumped ahead on you but now you want to tell everybody where we're located on social media yeah y'all know where we're located we're on mom plus so go on and subscribe to mom and moguls and media and all those wonderful things and you can also follow us on twitter at golden girls pod on instagram at out on the lanai official on facebook at golden girls pod and i i am sadie pine slash hl and scott on everything thank you and i am squidzy on instagram and squid eat squid on twitter and that's all i got for that part oh i love that well guys remember as always Stay golden. golden. I want some chicken strips, but I'm I had them so last night. Right Out on the Lanai is not endorsed by Wit Thomas Harris Productions, Touchstone Television, Disney, or any of its subsidiaries. It is intended for entertainment and informational purposes only. All names, pictures, audio, and video clips of the Golden Girls are registered trademarks and or copyrights of their respective trademark and or copyright holders. 